Hi there, I'm Nana. And I'm Bongio, and this is African.American. This is a show about African immigrants and children of African immigrants living in the United States. So, we were just pre-gaming this episode, and it evolved into a conversation that I was like, we should talk about this. So, today's topic is (laughs) adulting. Um, So, we were talking about house maintenance. Bonquillo don't know how to take care of, like, stuff. I do not have a green thumb. I was telling you, Nans, or I started telling you, so I got a bonsai tree. They showed us how to put it together. (laughs) She killed that thing, (laughs) y'all. I didn't kill it. I don't know what happened to the tree. Where is the, um, I I still got the rocks. I watered that. Oh, so you have the rocks, but the the damn tree is gone. I watered that thing faithfully twice a week put it in water for 20 minutes, like the woman said, and then put it in the window so it could get sunlight. And then one week, I pulled the sucker out and it was all yellow. All the leaves had turned yellow. What do you mean one week you pulled the sucker out? Like, I where just, was it? One week I took it out for watering. Okay. I guess it had been gradually yellowing and I hadn't noticed. And then it was just all yellow. How did you I not notice? Wait. <laughs> I just gave up. I was like, this this thing was supposed to be something that can stay for generations, okay. and it didn't in even this stay. Day, in it this like, day and age, uh, in this day and age of Google, I've had it you can't Google and figure out like how do you take care of the bonsai tree? I don't have to because the, it wasn't that they just gave us trees. What it was, it was like a like those like virtual workshop. It was like a, you know how you do like art or something. So we got the the set, and we had to like kind of build the they gave us the tree but you had you had the pot that you put it in and had to lay the soil and do all this stuff so we did that with like a guide and then she gave us like uh instructions for how to take care of it and basically all i needed to do was water it twice a week by putting it in a pan of water and letting the the roots suck up the water and then taking it out and putting it back on top of its rocks and then it's good so i've been doing that so how My, doing that <laughs> i don't know that was what was in his destiny, so it's gone. And so when it comes, to, so anyway, so I, um, before recording this episode, decided to mow the lawn. I'm not. There's not a metaphor. Mow, 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 mow guys, I, I wish I could show you the picture because that don't look I like think a. I did a good job. My husband said he gives me a B minus because I was mowing. He's being and there generous. Were points where he was pointing at patches, and I'd be like, Yeah, I'm doing it. And he's like, You just like go off and you wouldn't cover that patch that you missed <laughs> and and this is monkeyo's first time mowing the lawn she she told me it is yes. it's my first time something like, that some of us have been doing since, <laughs> since i haven't i didn't school. grow up with a lawn and then even mm. when there was a lawn somebody else would mow it so i never yeah. had to i never had to mm-hmm. i never had to i either didn't have a lawn to mow or if there was a lawn to mow, there was somebody else who was responsible for coming in and taking care of that. So that was really nice. Paid for it, yeah. So that has been interesting. And then we got into this conversation about mulch. Nons, yeah, I, I, I was telling this girl that um, Home Depot is selling its bag of mulch for $2 per bag. Mulch so for it. I she told me that she has some cut grass in that mulch <laughs> it's, it's fur 
fertilizer. Oh my god. Come on, when you say both can help you beautify your I don't know. Oh my god. I think that sometimes you just need a professional. I just need a professional to help a little bit. Maybe trim some trees because I I also scratched myself trying to go cut the grass under a tree. So maybe I'll just get a person. I mean, the very first time, it's good to have a professional come and look at those things for you and then you can just maintain. Um, But if you have the money, hey, just just pay for it and have them do it. Money for what? People (laughs) are charging an arm and a leg for crap like that. I was telling you that last year, um, granted, the flower beds had all overgrown and stuff like that. And I wanted to put some topsoil um, over some of the beds. It's like huge. Um, Put some topsoil over it and just plant grass and not have to deal with the beds anymore and the weeds. And somebody came over here and came to give me a quote for $1,500. And that was something I even negotiated down. Imagine. Wow. And I ended up not doing it. And we just, you know, bought a round off and just sprayed it all over the beds just to kill the weed. A round off is like bad too, right? Doesn't it cause cancer? I I do what I need to do. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I guess, are you you eating any of the vegetables that you're growing that thing? I feel like there was... There was a court case. Oh, no, I'm thinking about something else. It's not. I don't think it's round off. I, I, there was another one. Round up. Yeah. I anyway, we should look that up. We should look it up. But I feel like there was something about some weed killer, and it was a problem because even for farmers who didn't use it, the wind would like blow it to their farms or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Oh, it is round up. You're right, round up. Round up. Identical. Yeah, the link between round up and... Okay, round... So you said round off. Oh, maybe it is round up. Let me see. Monsanto. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all... Yeah. You know. Oh, no. Round up. Round up. It's That's what I've been using. But girl, the concentrate kills the thing, kills it off. I do plant some... I've started... I started it about six years ago. I planted some sweet potatoes. Turned out really good. Oh, Wow. Uh, I did some strawberries and stuff like that, but it takes a lot of work. <laughs> so, yeah. But this year, like the damn prices, inflation has, has me has me um, planting. Can I grow your own food? Yeah. What are you planting? Small, small things. Basil. I have basil. I have um, scallions. Uh, I I just planted um, parsley. I just planted the seeds, so I'm waiting for it to you know germinate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Amazing. All right, God. Uh, what what else? I, I feel like I've done I've also done eggplant? peppers. Not no eggplant. What kind I of peppers? Hot pepper? Uh, like uh, Jamaican peppers? The no, scotch bonnet. Jalapenos is what I typically will use. Not scotch bonnet. We just buy wow. the scotch bonnet. But yeah. That's so I'm just, I'm whole I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to grow and I'm sick and tired of buying like basil and stuff like that. I've, I've also planted mint because it's like three ninety nine. dollars I'm like, I can plant that thing and, you know, eat from it. Um, if it so, God, it's grown. I should go and take a picture of my basil for you. You better stop playing me. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure yours is. I'm saying some of us don't have green thumbs. So I don't know. If I water you. You can't tell me what's wrong. I don't know what else to do. I just need some sun and some love. You know, go sit there and talk to the plants. I use. I I was so proud of that bonsai. I was so determined to like make it live because I've had, 
uh, growing up, we had cactus that died because nobody watered that right for like five years. And even the, I was like, wow, even the cactus died, y'all. Cactus. Cacti. <laughs> so I was determined and I did give it love. I was like, okay, my bonsai, my, you know, Mr. Bunkio wanted it. And then I was like, no, but you have to water it and stuff. He was like, okay, now nah, you can have it. I don't really gotta do all that. So I really took care of it. And it was just really sad that it turned yellow. Where I was like, I don't have time to play doctor plant. So, but, but may I, I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Why have you kept the rocks? Oh, I like the display. The whole thing was it was a cute little display. I don't know. Something I want to do with it. I don't know. I can. I don't know. I'm not ready to let go, but it's it's the the little rock things are cute. I'll figure out something to do with it someday. Or if not, I'll throw this away too. I'll throw it in my backyard and see what sprouts up. I don't know. I. You know why I cut the grass today? Because I am being more intentional about not weight loss, but physical activity, and I have a Fitbit. And, it, and I want to get to 10,000 steps every day. Yeah. So for me, it was like, you know what? Let me go and do this grass thing. It's a two for one. I won't be embarrassed anymore that our grass mm-hmm. is taller than everyone else. You know, it's very like... You're supposed to be cutting. They told you, cut it every once a week. During yeah. the spring, you need to be doing My that. During friend. the spring, you need to be doing that. Otherwise, you will, the grass will always be looking off, even after you mow it. My friend, every week... Well, maybe we'll get into that, but everybody, I think people have kind of like, everyone in our neighborhood does it like every two weeks, but it did come to a point where like, even like the people whose grass was always also looking tall or even looking taller than ours, they Mm -hmm. cut theirs yesterday. Mm -hmm. So then the contrast was even starker. Um, And our neighbors on both sides, really, but on on one side in particular, they do really clean work. That guy is very so, but he but he only goes up to the boundary line. Like he's not, you know, he's not doing. But anything. why why should he come and mow your thing for he you? He shouldn't. What I, I didn't I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. But I mean, <laughs> what I'm saying is, he only comes up to the boundary line, and so mm. it's like there's no fence there, so you kind of yeah. have to like eyeball it. But it makes it look you even worse because it's like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, somebody just plowed these fields and these ones are sitting fallow. But I will try. I mean, I think that just in general, when it comes to adulting, thinking about house things has been, it's a lot. It's a lot and very, very, very expensive. Just changing your damn filters, like the HVAC filters, every three months? Every every three three months or something. It depends. Ours, we're lucky, or I don't know if we're lucky or not, but we have ones that you only need to do every year. Um, That's what the guy said when we moved in. It's it's like a bigger, it's a bigger filter or whatever, but it's still annoying because I know it's coming up and I'm always like, ah. And I know, uh, you know, other family and friends, like growing up, that's always some, gotta change the filter. For a time, we were in this place where the filter was in a real awkward place, and I'm like the smaller one of everyone. So they'd be like, "Oh, monkey, can you go?" <laughs> and I have to still the excuses. I have to maneuver and still be like, "Oh, it was it's the absolute worst." Or I think about just like plumbing things. Yeah. Um, when you're in a place for a long time, you start seeing cracks. So like, yes. With or with time, so I noticed so um, in our bedroom. Um, in the winter, there's this big crack between the attic and our ceiling. Mm-hmm. 
And I noticed in the winter and I was pissed off. I was like, these people, they came, they did, you know, contract work, they repainted, they didn't see this. And then as the weather has gotten warm, it's been on my to-do list to get somebody to fix it. The crack has disappeared. And now huh, I realize, interesting. oh, I think something is happening. You know how they say with doors, they smell and yeah. expand. Yeah. You can't see it anymore. I was like, yeah, yeah that's how it looked when I first saw it. So it's like all these things you have to get used to, bugs, like not. Oh my gosh. You need to get a, some bug people. A bug no, but it's like, it's, it's one off and it's like bugs that it's not roaches. It's like. Mm-hmm. Things that you see outside. Yeah. Like like a spider that you see outside. One time we found an earthworm in the kitchen. That was scary. Because we were like, how the heck did an earthworm get in here? But that, you can't really... It's not enough to, like, do anything about. It's just kind of like the realization that, oh, I I need to do this. Or cars. I just had a... Um, oh. What a day that was, Nans. Talk about adulting. What happened to you? Um, I think you know, so I won't get it all into it, but I basically had to go to, I, I, I had a medical situation. Oh. Got my, got a prescription. Was on the way to the pharmacy to fill my prescription, pick it up, and my check engine light on my car comes up. Oh, Lord. So then I'm sitting there, like, I'm literally, like, just, like, two minutes up the road from my house. And I'm like, well, can I drive with this? I feel like check engine light. So I look it up. I pause. I look it up. And it says that, like, if your check engine light is on, you need to go to a car place immediately. You can't take those chances. So... I call my mom and I'm crying. So I was like, I just really want to get this medicine because I don't know. And she's like, yeah, 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 go, go, whatever. The car, my car place yeah. is, here, is near to me. So I go there and it's this thing where it, it, it was a minor issue, something like fuel vapor. But what get, this is the kicker. It's this thing that, and there's mm-hmm. a filter attached to it. So the filter was broken. Mm-hmm. But the car maker doesn't just sell the filter. You got to buy the whole thing. Yeah, that's what they typically do, yeah. $600 for a thing where just this little piece that comes out. He was like, look, the filter comes out and everything. But, like, they just don't sell that. So that made me want to cry a little bit. I mean, you know, one of the, you know, alhamdulillah, you say, you know, thank God for emergency funds and things. But that hurts. You have to give up money. It reminds me of how I had to change, like, all. F- I refused to do all four. What, tires? two of my tires. I did that last year. A, yeah, one of them had a puncture, and they were like, well, you can't just change one. Because, because of the alignment. It's fine. Alhamdulillah, like, to be in a position to be able to take it, because it, it's hard. There are other people struggling with that, and it's yeah. like... That's catastrophic, right? Like dropping $1,200, dropping $1,000 on something is annoying. Um, And it's great to be in that position. I try and think about that. But man, things be adding up. You be like, I was not expecting that. My oil light has like turned on in my car. So I have to, of course, go to an oil change. But I've been sitting here like, you know, I haven't even driven the car this much this year. I just... Had to start going into work a few days a week, so I'm like, I'm oil. Ah, 
about six months ago. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna go buy some oil and put it in there. Nah, <laughs> and fill the oil. End up jack up. End up jacking up your car. You gotta go take it. That's I have to take it. Go care of this car. I think because for know, me just... during the during like I would say like 2020, there was a span of like a year, but I really didn't use it. I used it to like drive 10 minutes to go to the grocery store and come back, and I didn't have to do an oil change for like a whole year. And it's just so like time goes by quickly. I think what what like my car doesn't have that many. My car is like. 35,000 miles. I've had it since 2016. So it's like the mileage is low, but it's still older. It's getting, it's, you know, starting to creep up. And so you have to keep thinking about that. And then you have to like weigh. Well, in this climate, ain't nobody buying. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like you, you you just like. But you'll get more money for your car if you, if you, if you sell it. Yeah, but you have to pay more money for a car to replace if that's Mm. what you have. So like, you know, Regardless of how people feel about it, like thinking about electric, but them electric prices. <laughs> of course, there's a high demand for it given the climate. Tesla! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're so like, my understanding is like the Teslas that were like 40, 50 are now 60, 70. Wow. Like, I don't know. I just, I, man, that's a lot. And then somebody hit it. I saw a Tesla that got banged what? up. And I was like, why are you thinking about worst case scenario? <laughs> you think of a logical scenario. Like I would get pissed off when I got my car. I brought my car, you know, when I got it new, even when it wasn't brand new, even when it was like two years old, I would get annoyed because, you know, you come back and there's dings all over it because people open their doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like I used to live in an apartment complex where somebody yeah. had a porch and I was like, something ain't right. The person probably stopped. Did, did he park close? <laughs> You're so wrong for that. <laughs> <laughs> because you just, I was just like, this is the type of car that I need a oh gay garage to put it in. Because if somebody even rubs their butt against my car, I'm going to have issues. But that means you will not be taking the car anywhere else. But that's the thing. The parking lot. Like, that's the thing. You like, can't control for that. Or you're a billionaire and like that's like a dollar to you and doesn't matter. No, I've right? seen I've seen some people folks with Porsches like park when they go to the when they're in the parking lot, they park farther away from like <laughs> No matter how far you park. I went to the Aldi the other day and this old white lady was you know, you know, you're not really you know you're not supposed to do that. You know when people drive like not in the like. Yeah, it's. It, I know. It's, I, I I've been doing it. I've been doing it. It's illegal. No, but she was driving it like it was the highway, and so I just stopped. I had right away, but I stopped. I was like, uh, go ahead. And then she was like, you know, she signaled to me like, go on ahead. And I was like, lady, <laughs> this is an Audi parking lot. What are you doing? So she's trying to get had, from A to B at a shorter shorter amount just, of time. Just doing it all wrong, all kinds of wrong. And I I I I was just really surprised it was an old white lady. I was just like, <laughs> who do you think it was gonna be? <laughs> I didn't know, but I was just surprised that it was I thought it'd be a younger person. Ah. I think that's what it was, but it was like clearly she had gray hair and stuff. And so I was like, just just how reckless the car looked. I was I would expect over here in Maryland, the old people are the, you know. They be wild. They be <laughs> wild. So I, overall, just I feel like when you get older, there's all these things you have to pay for. You never have to yes, pay for. Yes. And 
there's I'm always the one something. to bail you out. Yes. And then and then your body. Your bo- my body is what I've been paying a lot on. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> with all the chiropractor visits. Mr. Bronquillo oh, made a good point. He was like, you know, our only point of reference is our youth. But yes. we have to come to terms with the fact that as we age and as you keep using certain body parts, just like with your car, if you use your right tires here. a lot, it's going to wear out. And that is such a... But there I mean, are ways, there are ways, just like a car, there are ways to like make sure that you're properly maintaining those parts that you continuously use, like the stretches and the... They still ain't never going to get back to where they was. That's the issue, right? <laughs> because like, you waited for it to completely deteriorate before you started. I think trying. even if you do the maintenance, like, you know, you think about Olympic athletes, even if they continue or professional athletes. But those folks, like, overly use the... Now, it's not the same as Serena Williams when she was 20 or 25, right? But Serena Williams is using the same kind of body parts aggress- a lot. Yeah, we all are too. Yeah, we all people, like, really? Now, don't you get up and walk? You get up and, you know, last summer, this is what, and this is why I don't do yard work. I was doing yard work for my mom. And, um, you know, we we're trying out some theories. <laughs> and I ended up, I was like, you know, that's what pisses me off with it. And that's why I'm like, you know what? It's to a certain extent, certain things you just have to get someone, like you said, to get someone mm-hmm. to start you mm-hmm. off. I threw out my shoulder and that's when I discovered I have arthritis of the shoulder. And so anytime I go there and I look at that work, I go, huh, <laughs> all that money, all that effort. You should be thankful that that allowed you to discover. To this day, my shoulder tingles, you know, I'm not even 40 yet. That's, that's uh, how I, I, I hurt my back, yeah, I think three years ago or so. And my dad happened to be around. And so he and I like embarked on getting all the weeds off, spraying stuff on it, um, taking care of the beds and stuff like that. And he was around. So I was like, great help. Because what's, what's, what's actually ended up happening is because, because I don't like to see the stuff overgrown. And at certain points I was using um, yard work as like uh, a, a way to uh, relax. Distress, yeah. Distress. And so... Everyone else was like, oh, you're the one with the green thumb. And no one wanted to touch. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, give it to her. She's good. You know, that's that's another thing. Yes. The whole, like, she's good at this is very different from she enjoys, enjoys this. doing it. Yes. You really got to make sure that when you are, and I say that that happens a lot at work. Mm-hmm. I see people get assigned things. And I'd be like, I know you're good at it, but do you actually like this? And, you know. We'd be like, typically they'd be like, no. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, does this mm. energize you? Mm. Mm. So I do try to, I mean, relationships, everything else, like, yeah. you know, you know, you're good at it though. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't enjoy doing it. I don't want to be yeah. doing it. I don't no. want to do it all the time. Yeah, so I think I was doing. I was just doing too much, and I was cleaning out one of the one of the beds. And my back, like I basically completely threw out my back. And my old, my whole thing was, oh, I, I overdid it. Let me just go lay down. Mm-hmm. Well, after like a week or so, I was feeling better. But fast forward six months later, I'm like walking outside of my house, <laughs> taking a step, and all of a sudden, my my ankle starts to ache. 
I'm like, what the hell? And then oh. I see the thing like getting swollen <laughs> over the days. Oh my so god! I go to an acupuncturist like right by around here, and I'm like, okay, my body's giving out on me. My I have bad lower back issues. Like I'm seeing, I'm noticing my ankle is having issues. And he, he was like, well, you know, all of those things are connected. So you need to be making sure that like your core is strong to be able to carry all of this stuff. And yeah. I'm like, Lord have mercy. So I go there for about three months, um, continues, somewhat continuously. Does it hurt? Helps me. No. It was some of the relaxing times. Isn't it when they stick a needle seeing you? Yes. So relaxing. You know, it stops. I stop going to him. And then I decide one summer, oh, I want to join the co-ed soccer team. Like I think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it was all fun and games until, you know, the women on the team started to dwindle down. And the rules of the whole thing is you have to have at least, what was it, two or three women on the field on your team at all times. So because more women started not showing up, there were certain games where when I would show up, I was playing the whole The whole time. time. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And it was one. It was like a little chilly for for for. I think we're transitioning from um, spring to fall. summer. No, spring into summer. And, but it was surprisingly cold. And I didn't really warm up that well. Um, yeah, that's another thing pitch. you can do when you're 18, but not <laughs> when you're. <laughs> I get on the pitch. Somebody hits the ball towards me. I kind of like jump a little bit to grab it to like be able to um control the ball girl by the time my my foot hits the grass my knee <laughs> my knee just gives out and i'm on the grass and the ref the referee goes but you didn't do anything what happened <laughs> like that's so mean how dare you how dare you i need to go so I crawled my ass up of the damn pitch and I sat on the side. And as I'm sitting there, like, see, this is not, this is not things. I'm too old for this shit. So I get in my car. That was, that was my last day on that scene. <laughs> well, you know, you can't, you know, as other people were leaving, you kind of feel like, oh, I should be there to hold it up. But it's not your responsibility to hold it up for the Absolutely. team. They got to figure out their recruiting. I got, I, got to go. I got to take care of myself. But I started mm-hmm. like doing Epsom salt baths to help me. Uh, and then like the pandemic starts and I end up like sitting behind. Even before the pandemic, I was working from home. Um, the job I had, I was working from home. Most of the time, I was basically remote. and But I never really had any back issues. Um, but pandemic starts, I get, I, I start this job I'm in now. And I just, like, start getting a lot of back pain in my upper, like, my upper back. To the oh, point, wow. it got so bad that <clears throat> it, it, um, it started affecting my neck. And then I started getting migraines. That was when I was like, okay. Yeah, migraines are no... No um, yeah, because I'm pretty sure this is like a spinal issue, like something is wrong. And so I go to the chiropractor, they do, they, they get x-rays done and they're like, yeah, you're the arch that's supposed to be, apparently we have three arches in our spine. The arch um, closest to, in my neck 
it's completely like this and not the arch is gone. <laughs> so it's flat. There is no arch. It's flat. So then I'm like, okay, we need to get anything and everything done so that I, I'm too young for this shit. Yes, exactly. And it's I like you haven't even... I'm getting old and the lady was like, this is not about age. Like We always blame age. This is not about age. It's, well, it's so, hard if you don't have the right point of reference. Yes. Yes. Then it's like, what do you do? Because I think we both see that with our parents. They'll be like, oh, yeah. this is... That's and you're like, no, no, this is this is something that should be worked on now. Like, there's something you can do. <laughs> I mean, and I remember back back in the day when, like, my parents would complain, my mom specifically, like, oh, this hurts, oh, this hurts. And we'll all be like, <laughs> giving her the side eye. Like, Girl, you know, whatever. Like, now you understand. <laughs> now you're experiencing it. Now you get it. Now but ever since it. then, like, I've been, I've been... I've been going to the chiropractor religiously and it's actually been helping. It's That's been helping with my posture. And like when I'm sitting, when I'm sitting in the wrong way, like something starts to like hurt or bug me. So I completely quickly adjust. Um, That's when you very good. the situation where you can actually do something to help it. You know, that's the nice thing I think about being adults in our age, which I guess maybe brings me to our, our closing out point, which is just like, and you've already started talking about it, the things that are cool about adulting or the ways that you can adult that maybe your parents didn't demonstrate. Because I think, um, like you said, you go to a, a chiropractor regularly. Mm -hmm. I went to a chiropractor when I was in a car accident. I was the only time I ever went to one. That's when people all, the That's folks who come there, most of, them, most of them are coming there because of an accident. and. Yeah, and those kinds of, you know, or work, worker comp situations. Um, I think, I guess my equivalent of chiropractic is um, therapy. You know, because I'd be like, oh, no, we can't because I got therapy this hour or that hour. And it is so helpful. Mm. And something that, you know, whatever, we've talked about that before. Black community, African people. I mean, we just got so many other things, right? Like you yeah. lived under a repressive regime and like whatever, or you went through a civil war or something else. Like you have physical wounds or there are people yeah. in your country yeah. with physical wounds that don't get attention. Ain't nobody got time for your head and your heart. You need to get it together and push forward. But that is so, I remember talking with a, a friend of, um, you know, not African, but immigrant background. And it's like, you know, as an adult with access to these things and with better awareness, you can always kind of look out at family and friends or even yes. people and you go, oh, that's, I mean, I'm not going to armchair diagnose you, but that seems PTSD-like. That seems like oh, there's something definitely. here. Like, oh, yeah. this seems like there's, you know, this person, if it were a different place and time, could really... Um, benefit from having like a, a a mental health professional to talk to and it's not always like a yeah I don't know I just bring up PTSD because I think a lot of communities there are so many different types of trauma and yeah. blah 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 that people yeah. go through the, the push and pull factors that got them to immigrate there's so much with that um, and people's stories always about coming here with like nothing a dollar and a dream a lot of people some people come here yeah. with everything Depends. You know, maybe your dad was a dictator and he just, you know. Why the dad got to be a dictator, too? <laughs> I mean, you know that were women. Or your, whatever, your daddy was a dictator. Whatever, whatever. Part of the regime, whatever, you know. Or, but even sometimes when you have those hookups, it's still like, 
Yeah, it's so hard. People just have their different things that they had to go through through life, and it's just like, man. But we 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 fail to sometimes in our communities we fail to see that some of some of the things that we're experiencing are kind of a response to our trauma that we've experienced because yeah. people see those things and they're like it's like a badge of courage for someone to come and see. Oh, this. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be a woman is to suffer. <laughs> I mean, it's hard if you look around and everybody has their story. You kind of feel like, well, this is the norm. So what do you want me? What do you want a doggy biscuit? Do you want a badge for it right i mean what what do you what do you want yeah okay i went through this and i did came up on come out on the other end and i like have this life or i have these kids i have whatever it is that you do have now that is a testament it is it is it is a testament to your resilience but being resilient doesn't mean that you come out with no scars whatsoever you come out gates and i i really um I think about that aspect of adulting a lot and how like with all kinds of communities, but because of the community that I come from, I really do think about Africans and immigrants in general and how our parents' generation just doesn't think like that. No, they absolutely don't. It's like, and a lot of times you see someone going through kind of a, a mental health issue and the first kind of the first reaction and the first response from parents' generation or even older is, oh, let's pray for them. Oh, let's do... And I'm like, yeah, we can be be praying in conjunction with letting or helping that person seek help if they want to seek help. If they Uh, have resources to do so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we... we, But it's about point of reference and what they don't have exposure to. So I'm really happy that I can at least... I think it's a it's a skill that would have been very practical and helpful for people, even in just managing everyday things. I don't, yes. I use it as just like, it's just really helpful, a sounding board. Sometimes it's helpful to have someone who doesn't really know you as like family or friend yeah. or partner or whatever, who can yeah. be like, oh, I see this theme. And you go, huh. And it's good because people who who tend to be close to you don't see certain things. They don't. They They see the certain aspects of you. Or you're not allowed to express your frustrations with them in those kinds of ways, right? Like if you're frustrated with a parent or a sibling or a partner or a friend, you can't be like, I'm overwhelmed and she's making me... Like, you may not be able to articulate that to them in a certain way. And so it's really helpful to have someone to, to acknowledge that, oh, okay, these are where this is. And this is how you can, let's talk about strategies for how you can deal with that. I think it's the, you know, it's not just the unburdening piece, which I think prayer can help with, but it is the like, okay, well now let's think on a practical level. Strategies. Now that you've laid it on the altar or laid it on the floor, you've cried your eyes out, you've done all of that, which I think, yeah, that's what we, that's what people of color, I think in general use religion for. Mm -hmm. Like it's that function. Yeah, um, Sarah, I see that yeah. with the black community and African, like black, I just, I, I, you see it. General, right? yeah. Just in general. And it makes sense. Um, but it's also, it doesn't always come with that piece of like, well, how do we think about healthy ways to tackle this? Healthy ways to engage with these people, healthy ways to put boundaries around what you do or don't mm. do with certain people. Um when you come in kind of with the practical folks, some folks tend not to want to hear it. 
Well, that's true too, but that's why therapy is nice because it's like, you know, it's like your friends, right? Like another mm -hmm. piece of adulting is, um, I think that's what we're getting into now, just like understanding yourself and how much time you want to put up with things, the people you want to quote unquote fuck with or not. Um, and how much, and is, is it's, there, a, it's a true girl. And how much energy you want to devote to certain things. I was yeah. listening to um, this podcast, it was either the Weeds or the Ezra Klein show, I don't remember, but I listened to both of those quite a bit because, you know, I think I'm unique, but I'm pretty much, you know, I'm sure if I looked at my metadata, like I fit in <laughs> with That's all right. the like millennial, uh, you know, whatever women with higher education who voted for Warren <laughs> in the primaries, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they were talking about how Americans don't move as much anymore. Like America used to be a place where people were always moving from one part of the country to another. Wow. And like what happens when you are, one, they said, when you, if you move as a child, you are more likely to be open to moving as an adult. And I see that, right? Like, I was like, oh, that's so immigrant because a lot of immigrants, African immigrants, like yeah. become, your parents already made that move or like you're already exposed to that because yeah. of being an immigrant family. And then people like go away to school, they do things. You know, we joke about Nigerians, like you being like Nebraska, there's Nigerians in Nebraska, mm -hmm. right? Like they don't, like certain, I would say all, I mean, even for all of us, you think about where the cubs are, like yeah. the hubs, like biggest Liberian and Somali communities are in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I don't think the weather in Somalia or Liberia is I mean, like Minnesota, yeah. right? It's it's yeah. There's all these pull and things. Same thing for Hmong community there. You know about like New York is where we all are. We just I think it's with well, the Somali community. It's where they were they were settled. Um, yeah, where they're settled yeah. originally, and those are the networks. But I think it's like that same idea with everyone, right? And different yeah. different places have really big certain. You know, Boston has a lot of Haitians. It has a lot of uh, Cape Verdeans. Blah 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 blah. DC area. Ghani, I mean, we'll I think start. New York and DC just have everybody. And then you see these other pockets in these other um, places. Uh, and I forgot my point. Oh, it's about moving and migration. But something they said too is that what ends up happening is that, you know, when you, if you live in a place where people don't move, people are mm -hmm. just like less open minded, right? Because number of one, course. you never see moving modeled you never see what happens when people come in and how communities have to adjust and assimilate that mm -hmm. person. So you're more likely to be, it's not maybe not xenophobic, but like just not as welcoming of newcomers. Your communities that you have are much more entrenched. Whereas when you're in a place, so like that's why like mega churches, they said, ends up being in places in big cities where like there's lots of movement because it's really easy to come into a mega church and if you leave it's no biggie right like, it's, yeah. it's, it's easy to be more of a revolving door but when you're in these places where there's like you know there's that church and that's it and you have to really you have to keep up your reputation you can't start afresh you have to make sure that like you keep patience of everyone around you I laugh because one of my siblings lives in such a community and she is leaving because of that, that whole mm. notion of they're so stuck in their ways. Yep. And in that particular community, quite unfortunately, ra very racist, but they don't even realize how racist they are. Because they because have nothing else to compare it to. No this is point. just what it is. And this is how it goes. And, 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 and to be fair, like they were saying, like, it's not, 
an either, like, it's not that one thing is better than the other. And there is a lot to be said for, like, everybody being from the same place, understanding the history, um, the, the rules of behavior and interaction with one another are very different, but there is, like, a respect for history and culture and, and you community. know, and yeah. community and, like, you need to keep up those friendships because those are the 15 people you knew your whole life and that is Even it. if they're toxic, child. Well, that's, mm. But that, that becomes the problem. And I've seen that with friends growing up too. And I love, I think one of the nice things about adulting and being from a community where like movement is so common. Like I've grown up with having family in different continents. And all, and your, friend, all your friends don't live in the same damn place. All, yeah. because, I, but because I've moved, right? I got friends in Malaysia. I got friends in Indonesia. I got friends in the Middle East and North Africa. I got friends, you know, in, in, in the UK and, and in other places. And so it's like, it's such a lovely point of reference to understand that like, this isn't everything. And to understand that like, oh, well, I'm gonna mess with you if I want to, right? I've had to go through those cycles of inventing and re, not in reinventing myself, but something that they talked about is like, when you move, it is a lot of effort and energy to do so. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, it is a clean slate for you, but on the other hand, you have to prove who you are again. You have to make yeah. new friends. You have to build another's community. Yeah. And, I embrace that. I think about my own life and I think about like friends and family and friends who are like family and just how now that I am an adult and because I've grown up in the age that I've grown up in, I can really, and with my therapy, I can really be intentional about who I have around me and who I make Uh time for. I think that's one of the things I've learned as an adult. You make time for the things you care about. Yes. Oh, you really do. Mm -hmm. And you do need to understand that there's a season for certain friendships and season for even just like family, right? There's sometimes when family, you're really close with certain folk, but that doesn't mean that it carries on throughout and you have yeah. to be able to be happy and appreciative for and the okay time. With it. Yeah. And okay for the time that that was and for how beautiful it is. I mean, I'm in the phase where I'm still taking things from my mama house and I'll see things like yearbooks, uh, you know, I want to say early 2000s, a thing was, you know, you take your senior photos and people write yeah. messages. You know, half of them, I don't even talk to them people. I don't know where they are. <laughs> Some of us, you know, I barely have Facebook. I'm barely Facebook friends with, with people from high school anymore. And it's just so years ago. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, you did. That, that, was, that was my whole thing, though, deactivating. Um, I was like, you know, those who are closest to me and it, it, leaving Facebook. I always say this, but that was when I realized who my closest, true closest friendships outside of my my close my closest knit of friends were, because those who reached out till today, yeah, they're talking on the phone, yeah, text, we'll like podcast together. <laughs> they they encourage us to get a podcast because like there is that connection. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, it's like, I mean, I do the same thing with, like, Facebook. I don't put my, like, birthday and stuff. Because I used to hate. Because I was weird about it at first. Like, I use it now. on your wall. Happy birthday. You get all those notifications. Also, who don't actually truly remember. (laughs) Yeah, it's because Facebook sends the reminders. So I remove that. And so I get a lot fewer. But the ones that I get are, like... They're from, they're the ones that matter to me. And it's, it's no shade to that, but it's just no shade to like people who do it. Cause I do it too. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about this person in so long. 
it, it costs let it me send them a message yeah. them, send them a, you know post on their wall or what have you but that is that's a beautiful thing and i think that how do i put this i think that immigrant communities although they are they can be you know they have that movement piece they can still be very insular mm-hmm. and they can we often are dramatique <laughs> The gossip, the innuendo, the backstory. Why? This is why I live in Maryland, but I do not associate with any any kind of community. Girl, I've tried hard. Although as I'm growing up, though, I'm I'm finding that I miss because when I was growing up in high school and stuff like that, my parents were more involved than I would say I am. And I'm kind of missing that facet of it. Like sometimes I just want to, you know, I just want to be around some Ghanaians. Girl, go watch Quantia. What's that lady's name? Quantia's kitchen. How do you say her name? Oh, yeah, Quantia. kitchen. You want to be around Ghanaians? Watch her YouTube videos and learn how to cook. You don't need to. If I want to. I think I know I get what you mean. It's kind of there's a push and a pull. It's nice to have that community, but girl, what's been too much? And it's not it's not specific to and every community has that. Yeah. I got friends, you know, friends who are Haitian, friends who are South Asian, friends who are Arab, and they all kind of you know the ones in our age group have that kind of thing about the community, right? Yes. We all know what we mean when we say the community, mm-hmm. and. You know, people don't want to like get too into it because I just think it's just human nature, right? It's like at work or any or school. Whenever you get a bunch of people together, it becomes real housewives. Uh, yeah. Somebody is gonna mm. be there trying to stir up mm. the. Somebody is not, and it's just like, okay, how about this? Too much. I'm an adult, a d u l t, and I get to choose who I spend my time with, and I get to really think, which I think our parents' generation didn't get to as much, because you come as an immigrant, and... You you need that community for... You need that community. So you're going to move to Minnesota. You're going to move to New York. You're going to move to D.C., even though maybe you want to be in a... Maybe maybe Florida would have been great. Maybe a Texas would have been great, weather-wise or what have you, because that's where you're people are in terms of like your ethno-linguistic group, your religious groups, you know, people who under had the same patterns and mm-hmm. understanding of cultural expectations as you did. But I don't have to do that because I grew up how I grew up. Yes. And I can make my own community and I can have kids who don't look nothing like me that call me auntie. And that also is a beautiful thing. Right, I can have yeah. kids that don't look like me who call me mommy. Um, I, I thought that was where you were going. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm thinking about, I was thinking about my, 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 like my friends from different ethnic groups yeah. who have kids, yeah. and they're like, oh, you know, Auntie Bonquillo, and it just like warms my heart. Or when I'm talking about them, I would look up my niece or my cousin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then even like meeting my partner, right? Like that. This person comes from like, no way, no way before like. It was never, yeah, yeah. Would never have happened. Wasn't checking for, you know. We're talking about people we dream about, I guess, to wrap up. But still thinking about adulting. I think adulting also is really coming to terms with what's really important and what helps you grow as a person. 
Because I was talking with someone about, and I just think, I, I wonder about that, like what, what causes attraction, romantic attraction between mm-hmm. people? I know people often say, I've heard that men really look at physical. Mm-hmm. And like women, we don't do that. I always think about how like, I just never, the idea of like looking at a man, just being like, oh yeah, whatever. I don't see Googling the man. I've never, I've only done that once. And yeah, it was you're about to tell some lies over here. You... <laughs> okay, like when you're like 12 and you put a poster from Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't mean that nonsense, right? No. Or like, whatever, I love the Backstreet Boys. I mean like, just like, whew. I will only say the only time as an adult I can really remember doing that was when I watched Girls Trip. I'd never seen Kofi Cerebo before. Oh my God. But when he came on screen, I said, damn. I remember saying it out loud in the spirit <laughs> of all these black women. <laughs> I was like, damn. He's, wow. And then even in the show, in the movie, right, his character was like 23 years old. And I immediately was like, oh, wow. Yeah, ew, that's kind of gross for me to be like. Wait to see Ooh. his beard off and then you'll, 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 you'll be doing the same thing. Well, you know, beard, a beard can hide many sins. And that's Girl. Like, like a man with a beard, though, as you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, Mr. Bunkio has one because I was... Mr. Mr. Bunkio has a butt chin, which which I think is really cute, the little John Travolta thing, but I prefer... I think beards make people Facial look hair. more older and stately and stuff, so mm-hmm. I don't want to see him with a beard off. Mm-hmm. I saw, I know that Drake looks with a beard <laughs> off, but with the beard on. <sighs> There's all this stuff. And I don't know what my point was. There was a point... Oh, about adulting, right? right? But it's hair. not... I think as you get older, I think for women, I know in general too, but just as you get older, that's not what's important. When you're picking a partner, you need to pick somebody that you You prioritize different things. Well, things that you should, right? You need somebody who like, you don't want a bum that looks cute. Somebody who's helpful. Somebody who's kind. (laughs) Who's helpful, who has similar morals to you. Someone who would actually want your DNA to mix with theirs to make a kid if that's what you're looking for right like I I think that that is such a big part of adulting whereas when you're younger I mean I don't know I didn't really date that much when I was younger it's more like fun oh he cute you, you, you're not thinking about that it's not about any qualities for 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 long long-term partners but maybe some people maybe some people do I feel like some people did though some people like I don't know if they thought about the qualities, but they, you know, went to college, came out of college, and they're like, okay, I want to get married. I want to have babies. Let me start, like, focusing on the kind of husband or the kind of wife, I kind think, of spouse that partner I want. Well, I think, yeah. And, and I mean, I think adulting isn't ever, like, you evolve, right? Like, it's, it's not like yeah. one day I'm going to start adulting. Um, and, yes, the people who did that are still with their partners. And those who miss the mark in some way, yeah. I mean, or maybe sometimes it's also, you know, sometimes it's the partner who ended up being absolutely garbage, trash, right? And there, yeah. there's just facets of them you didn't see before, see before yeah. together. Or sometimes you're just not compatible or you grew apart or whatever. But I really, I do think about that too. And just like how, what you evaluated as important. You know, you had your list. Your list. It doesn't change. I could tell you that. <laughs> cool. Your list. I think about me and I'm like, okay, I'm the woman that's like, damn, Kofi Sorbo. I didn't know his name. I had to look him up. I, I, I have never found Kofi Sorbo as behind, like, attractive. You know what? But I don't know what he looked like without the damn hair. I didn't his... know. But how, 
baby, the first time I've ever seen him was Girls Trip. You know, I don't pay attention to you don't watch culture. Queen Sugar, huh? I don't watch Queen. Oh, I, I did, I've Girls never watched Queen Sugar. Yeah. I only actually the only movie I've seen him in is Girls Trip. Girls Trip. Yeah. And then I just like look him up. I'll be like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, this guy. I think I, I didn't know his name. I had to Google like hot guy from Girls Trip movie. <laughs> This man is hot. <laughs> and then I even forgot. Then I found out it was Ghanaian. I said, okay, Ghana chocolate. Okay. Mm, okay. Not, not all Ghana chocolate tastes that good. I, I know I know. not all the Ghana chocolate tastes <laughs> that good. That's always the thing, right? It's always like that. It's like, you know, it's for any any country, right? It's like all these people are like, I want to go to Korea and find me a K-pop star. I'm like, girl, I don't know. All the men don't look like them BTS boys. That's just... That's just how it works. And the same thing with anything, you know, like not every woman looks like, not every Brazilian woman looks like Adriana Lima. Like do what you want. Not every woman in from New Orleans look like Beyonce. What she's technically from Houston. Houston right? I was about to say too. <laughs> no, Daddy Alabama, Mama Louisiana. Oh. <laughs> anyway, but I guess to wrap it all up, adulting is hard. It is challenging. There are many risks, but there are many rewards. And, you know, you just if you, hopefully... If you can't figure it out, ask for help. And be that is another piece help. of it. You don't have to do it all alone. Yeah. And it's a gradual process. And you, you know, hopefully you just want to be able to look back and be like, how, what have I learned from this? And what do I do better? And see those improvements from generation to generation and in your own life. Like, I would hope, maybe for me, let me just say for me, I want to be able to be like, all right, 37-year-old me is making better choices than 27-year-old me. Doesn't mean 27-year-old me wasn't, 27-year-old me had her stuff together, yeah. right? Like, she was great. She's fantastic. Well, she had a better metabolism. The good decisions. <laughs> yeah. Right? Those, that those decisions versus 17-year-old me who had, like, a bigger, you know, whatever. There were positives to her, too. But there's also, like, just, like, worldview and exposure and understanding of people and systems and things like that that come into play. So solidarity, hugs and solidarity to all of you millennials doing the true adulting. We, we talk about the stock market crashes and how all that other stuff, like, Oh, my God. We've, brought, we've been through trauma as a generation for yeah. And good luck to you, Gen Z, because I love seeing how Gen Z people will be acting like, not all of them, but sometimes there is this trend, and maybe it is like a generation versus generation pitting, is you know how they do the millennial avocado toast bullshit and all that. It's like, you know, each generation tries to do it better, and they scoff at certain things that previous generations did or didn't do. And it reminds me of that African, we'll see a Leonian proverb where it's like the piglet asks his mom, why is your nose so long? Why is your nose so big? And the mom says, one day, my child, you will grow up and you will understand. <laughs> so I wonder what, I'm curious to see what they're like, what the generation after Gen Z will be mm-hmm. and how they will react or disassociate with certain Gen Z things and what things they will take on. Yeah. Um, but time will tell. So let us know your thoughts too. If you have any other aspects of adulting that you want to talk about. Catch you later. Bye.